from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. We are on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and I am here with the dream team, Michelle Stucker, our producer, and Dion Simpkins, our engineer, to talk about a very important topic today. We are going to talk all about career killers and how to avoid them. We are taking your calls throughout the hour. If it's Thursday, we are live at noon Eastern time. So give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Or you can tweet your questions to at BizRadio111. So to help us with this topic of career killers, today we welcome to the show Dr. C.K. Bray. Chris is an author, researcher, and speaker, and an authority in the fields of leadership, organizational development, and change. He has an MBA and two PhDs. He is the author of three books, and the latest is Best Job Ever, Rethink Your Career, Redefine Rich, Revolutionize Your Life. This was released released in March, and it's a USA Today bestseller. Welcome to Career Talk, Chris. How are you doing today? No, oh, I'm doing well, Don. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. You know, um, I'm so excited to have you on the show. And there's one other piece in your bio that I have not <laughs> yet yet revealed, which is you are a self-proclaimed ice cream connoisseur. Absolutely. We, we could spend our full hour talking about ice cream and all the different types of ice cream and ways you can prepare it. So I, I'm i an ice cream snob, I will admit. Okay. So so do you have a favorite flavor? I mean, how do you become an ice cream connoisseur? Okay. So we were up in Park City, Utah, and actually in Utah, and there's a new ice cream shop that we found in Provo, Utah, and I think it's called Rolled, and they actually roll your ice cream with mixins in it in Provo, Utah. I should get paid for this advertising. I was going to say, I hope I hope they're giving you uh, some some free ice cream for this. And, and it was amazing ice cream, and the way they presented it, it was it was great. So if you if you can check that out on the internet, go to Rolled in, in Provo, Utah. It's it's phenomenal. Well, okay. So so are you gonna are you gonna share your favorite flavor? Oh, you want to know my favorite flavor? We, we kind of do. This? Yeah, peanut butter chocolate, and I still have to go back to even Hagen Dazs. That is my, my favorite, which I try to limit myself now, as much as I can because, you know, now they have the little small, like, dollar, dollar fifty. You get, like, a couple <laughs> ounces, and you think, I can have one every other couple days. Yeah, that doesn't work. Nope. All right. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's part of the life of, a, of an ice cream connoisseur. Well, yeah. we're excited to have you on the show, Chris, because today we are talking all about career killers. So those things that you might do either in the job search process or those things you might do on the job that can have a negative impact on your career. And there's so many, and we have an hour, so we're going to just dive right in, and we're going to take a call from Brian in Arizona. Brian, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Yeah, thank you. Uh, nice to be on, Don, and Dr. Bray, nice to, to be on with you as well. Um, I have a daughter who just recently graduated from high school, and she's on her way to college in fall, and uh, she's my oldest daughter, and first one going to college. Uh, education's always been important to us as a family, and um, she doesn't yet know what she wants to do with her career. Obviously, she's brand new into this. Any suggestions for her as she's just starting out college or any, any suggestions I could give to her as, as her parent? 
So, yeah, so this is an exciting time. And, um, I mean, college is an opportunity of complete exploration. And interestingly, I think the stat, the last stat I saw is that that students change their major. 50% of students change their major at least once, if not more than once. So at this stage, it's a little bit early probably for her to, to even grasp what she wants to do. But my sense is that there's going to be a lot of opportunity. Is she going to um, a general liber- liberal arts school or is it specific Brian? Uh, no, it's, it's a general. So she has lots of opportunities. So, Chris, what would you recommend for Brian's daughter? Well, first of all, Brian, thanks for calling in. And that's a great question. And Don, like you said, it is the time of year when people are starting to head into school. Kids, teenagers are, are heading to college. Here's what I just give two quick pieces of advice. And I absolutely agree with Don. She's going to change her major, most likely. And I would even say, Don, I'm probably going to go up to even 75% of, of people change their, you know, their, their major. But what I'd have her do is just do what Don said, explore as many different opportunities and things that she thinks she's going to like those first two years. So a lot of general classes getting taken those. Then as she ends, starts her you know, sophomore, you know, after she finishes her second year during the summer, to start doing internships. Now, the internships used to be all summer long. I'm now telling people, if you can, see if you can do two internships or three internships in, you know, in a summer. That way you get a chance where to, I, I kind of say it, you know, test it out, take it for a test drive, at least five or six different jobs where you're doing it every day. So, you, you know, she's going to get a feel for what she's actually doing. Because I know a lot of people, I mean, I've had clients, one of a client who was a dentist who went through all of dental school all that schooling for years and years, and he knew within about two weeks he hated being a dentist. Uh. He he hadn't spent enough time in the office and in someone's mouth to realize this was not for me. I I love that idea, um, Chris, because one of the things that that students need now more than ever, and it's no longer optional, is to get that real-world experience, not only to figure out what they want to do, but because employers now expect it. And um, there's another stat about how many students actually use whatever they majored in in their first job and it's it's really low i want to say it's less than 20 percent. so so getting out there taking as much learning as much as she can taking as many opportunities to get real world experience so she doesn't become the dentist who you know, before his loans were even paid <laughs> he's like i want out of this brian is this helpful yeah very helpful i guess maybe one follow-up question um and any suggestions i'm in hot sunny arizona any suggestion on where i can get some good ice cream <laughs> Great question. <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, we're going to start a show here on on ice cream. Okay, there are a couple places, um, oh, and it's coming to my mind, Brian. You're going to have to give me a second, but they see if you've been there. Well, there's actually two places. There's a great gelato place in um, Gilbert, Arizona, that's near Santan Mall, and it's gelato. They I think they only have two shops in Arizona. It's in Santan Mall. Look it up. It, that's one of my that's one of my favorite. And then Sub Zero which is in, I think, Mesa. Those are my two favorite ice cream places. So so all that career advice and the best and. place to get ice cream. We are, we are taking your call today at 1-844-WHARTON. That's right 844-942-7866. If you have a favorite ice cream place to share with, with Chris, he wants to hear from you. <laughs> no, we're here to solve careers, Don. Oh, well, you know, doesn't ice cream solve everything? Yes, it does. <laughs> we're going to go to Gail in Canada. Gail, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? I don't know if this is about career killers, but I, I have been a stay-at-home mom for about 24 years. My youngest is finally going to school in the next year, 
I have a degree, I, but I, and I feel like I've worked hard over 20 years being a mom of six kids, but I don't really know what to do now as I'm trying to get into possibly um, in back into career. I don't know if my degree is valued, if they'll see that as my So, So, Gail, um, before you, you uh, interrupted your career to stay at home, did, were you working? Did you have a profession that you were specializing in? Yes, I got my degree in broadcast journalism, but then I ended up working in public relations and marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for until I had my first child. Then I decided to stay home and be a stay-at-home mom, and which I've done, and raised six amazing kids and it's been I've loved it but now I now my youngest is going back to school I'm thinking I need to get back into the and I'm scared to death (laughs) yeah well first off if you've raised six kids you can do anything I'm convinced of it like I think think that would be your entire resume right there I raised six kids enough said (laughs) I don't think companies value that but that's unfortunate because that is that is Amazing. So, Gail, congratulations to you. And so let's talk about this. So so a lot of time has gone by. Lots of things have changed in the market. And we don't want you to be that dentist who, who goes to dental school and doesn't want to be a dentist. So have you given any thought to to what you want to do now? Is it the same? Has it changed? Have you done any exploration around that? To be honest, I feel like fear is driving me. I feel like um, at this point, I feel this feeling of like, I can go and be a substitute teacher at the elementary school. I can go and do a secretary. But I know how amazing I was before, and I know that I, I'm really good at what I do. So it, it's hard because fear is telling me, oh, you just need to find some low-level, entry-level job because no one will value the fact that you worked for 24 years as a mom or 23 years. So that's driving me. If I had my ideal, if I didn't let fear drive me, I would love to get back into some area of uh, marketing, public relations in that area. I would love to go back into that. So I, I like that you brought up fear because this is so common, Gail, the the fear of or imposter syndrome or feeling like you're, you know, you don't have what it takes gets in so many people's way when it comes to their career. And most of it is is self-imposed. So, you know, good for you for having the courage to put it on the table. And and Chris, I know this is a topic that, that you hear a lot. What advice do you have for Gail? Well, first of all, Gail, thanks for calling in and being so honest, because this is something after um, keynote talks or workshops that I do, this is a major topic that comes up as people have decided. And, and you've been doing it, you said, for 24 years. I know the people who said, oh, I've taken off four years, now I'm ready to get back in. And for some reason, a lot of, and and I'm going to go, you can tell me, Don, if you agree with this or not, but if men take a hiatus, they seem to have no problem coming back, and and I'm generalizing here a bit, but it seems that most of the people who come up to me or email me or individuals I've worked with, a lot of them are saying, hey, if I've gone out and I've stayed home with kids, that's something that corporate America won't value. That's not something that, you know, is going to get me that that higher level job. So here's the advice I'd give. First of all, also fear. I've got to say something. I love that you recognized one of the major things that hold people, that holds people back in their careers. And I would say is probably the number one career killer that individuals have. It's themselves. It's the fear that they have. So here's my advice. Just I'll give you a two or three and Don and Michelle, if it's possible, if we can get her address, I think we should send her a book. Let's send her a free book because I love it that now you Gail, know, you get nice. a free book and, and maybe even an ice cream suggestion. Yeah, so hang on for yeah, that. I'll so send a, <laughs> I'll send her a coupon. But um, Gail, here's my just two or three suggestions. Make sure that your resume is just tight 
that it looks good. You have someone else look at it in, in a fashion because you said you've been out for a little bit. Get someone who's been in corporate America recently to look at your resume. You can hire people very inexpensively online. You know, just practice your, some of the interviewing skills, which as a mom of six kids, I'm thinking you can interview your socks off and knock anybody you know, over with the experiences you know, being, you know, just running a household with that many children, I'm sure is, is amazing. But then what I'm going to say is when you look at the job you want to go to, I love that you said, if fear wasn't driving me. So go after that job. Have that be the first job that you yes. go after. Now, here's what I'm finding. As people start to interview, and, you know, some people you're going to find they have no problem with you having stepped away for, you know, two decades. Some other people might have, a, have an issue with it. But here's one, a perfect example. I worked with an individual lady who had been out for 20 years. She went into um, healthcare, interviewed, and they gave her a job that was not even a manager, but a higher level individual contributor job. She, she did such an incredible job. Within six months, she was promoted. Within another year, she was promoted again. And I think now she's been working and she's a director and it's been four years. So yeah, you might I, have- yeah. Yeah, I agree. agree Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: you've got so many skills, and I would even say, as Chris said, get your resume in order. But but tap into your network, people who know how incredibly resilient, agile, um, you know, can can adapt to any situation. I mean, you've done that in the past twenty years as raising your children, and you have these skills to contribute. And here's something I'm going to say for the show: let fear. Be your guidepost. If you're afraid of something, chances are that's the right direction for you. So don't let that be an obstacle. Gail, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Thanks, we are Gail. we are talking about career killers today on Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Dr. Chris Bray. And you can reach us throughout the hour at one eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. And we are going to go to John in Minnesota. John, welcome to Career Talk. Hi there. Hello. I'm honored to be on the program. I love the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. We're excited you called. Yeah, Chris, uh, I love your your podcast, so it's an honor to speak to you as well. Thank Uh, you. Quick question for you. Uh, you I'm super comfortable where I'm at uh, from a career perspective, doing well financially, but uh, I'd love to make a change, whether that's to another career or even potentially starting my own business. So I guess it relates a little to your last caller around fear, but curious as to what advice you might have for him. Do you want me to take this one? Yeah, I think time? I think that one was directed directed right towards you, Chris. So, <laughs> well, first of all, thank you for the for the compliment on on the podcast. I, I appreciate that. And for you going through this, John, this is something that a lot of other people are experiencing. So you are not alone in this. Here's just two quick pieces, tidbits of advice. The number one advice I'd give you is I want you to taste test or I want you to try some things out before you make a jump. I know that lots of magazines, Entrepreneur and Fortune, all these great magazines show these people who, you know, put up their credit cards, mortgage their houses to start this business and how successful they are. In my experience over the past, you know, 10, 15 years, that often isn't isn't the case. So try something, start in the evenings, start it in the weekends. You know, go and keep your job. If let me ask this, John, do you have? Um, are you married? Are you in a relationship? Do you have children? John, did we oh, lose did, you? Did we lose? Him? Okay, here's what oh, I'll do. There he is. No, there he is. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Push the button, Don. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, uh, I do have uh, married with two little kids, and uh, okay. just a caveat: I should mention my wife does stay home, so you know that plays into this as well. 
So yeah, I think that's a, yeah, that's a big consideration. I mean, have you sat down and and done a plan of your financials and, and, you know, maybe where you can cut and, you know, how long, because I think, I think that's the one thing I would always recommend is you need to know how long you can go without a steady income or in some cases without any income. And to Chris's point, Getting building up a clientele, building up a reputation can take a little bit of time. So if you're able to do that nights and weekends, which I I know is a lot of work, I know Chris, you've done it, I've done it, and get to the point where you feel like you're not just jumping into nothing, but you have a a basic foundation that you can build upon is going to feel so much better than than just quitting and diving in without having that. So so those are the couple of steps that I I would recommend. In addition to what Chris has talked about, is Make sure you have a good, solid understanding of your financials. Give yourself a period of time where you can realistically go without a paycheck. And then to the extent that you can, build up a clientele while you're still in your current job so that when you take the leap, you're not starting from from zero. So, John, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We really appreciate it. And I was just in Minnesota this past weekend. It was beautiful. Uh, we're taking your calls throughout the hour at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Jeff in Illinois, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hey, good morning. Uh, well, I'm kind of in a quagmire here. Um, I'll try and explain it as simple as I can. Uh, my wife was really that, that career person in our in our family because uh, I worked for the Forest Service for a number of years. I was a I was a firefighter and a naturalist for quite a while, and unfortunately, we I took the career the idea that we'll follow hers because we were bouncing all over the country. Um, she was a corporate person, and so I kind of gave up my career for her career. The problem is, I've tried for the last three, four, five years to get somewhere. Uh, career changes because I'm basically I ended up working in the trades. I do have a two-year degree in, in natural resources, but here in the Midwest, it doesn't make any difference because it's basically to working as a landscaper. <laughs> um, so unless you're in financials of some sort of yes and in financial you know stuff, I'm not going to get anywhere. And there's so many people out here that are out of work. And they're all working part-time jobs. I can't get anything decent. Um, my problem is I'm toying with the idea of people say go back and get a four-year degree. Well, I'm 60, and I'm looking at the way things are going now. If I come out at 64 or 65, and the yeah. situation is the same, it isn't going to do me any good. Gotcha, gotcha. I to, well, I used to work off of uh basically work experience i have a lot of experience with people but all i get is turned down because it's not the experience because i don't have the paperwork which means the degree right so it's it's like a rock between a rock and a hard spot i don't know where to go what to do i know jeff i i'm totally with you on this this year you're getting advice from all different sides and they're telling you this four four year degree is going to change your world and i'll be honest with you i i don't think it will i think at this point um 
you know, it's it's education is great. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock it, but I think at this point, your experience hands down is gonna trump you spending fifty, sixty thousand dollars getting a four year degree, coming out of that at sixty four, and now coming in with the same experience, but with a very expensive group of loans that you need to pay off, and unfortunately, and probably in in, in a completely different financial situation because of it. So. My advice to you is this, is um, the a lot of jobs out there have a four-year degree or master's degree preferred or things like that. And I really honestly don't believe that, that they even realize why they put it on there. They're putting it on there maybe as a differentiator and to say, okay, we're going to use this as a cutoff. But when it comes to actually getting in the office or getting in the chair or wherever you're going and doing the work, that that piece of paper does not always make the difference between somebody who's going to impact the bottom line and somebody who is just going to, you know, sit there and, and be a mess. So what I would do is this. What I would do is is look at your experience and work with a career coach to help you take that experience and see what's transferable in the market. And going through the standard online, apply, get to the job that way probably is going to be challenging for you if the companies you're looking at are very dead set on having a four-year degree because they'll have systems that actually just pop your resume out of the mix. So I think networking is going to be your best bet here. And that's going to be people who know you, who know you're hardworking, who know that you're a quick learner, who know that you're agile and can come in and hit the ground running and are willing to give you an opportunity because that that four-year degree, I, I think you you could you're still going to have a job search at the end of it is my point. You're still going to have to go through all of these same steps. Um, Chris, I'd be, I'd be interested in, in hearing your opinion as well. Sure. You bet. And, and Jeff, thanks so much for calling. And I, I appreciate it. I'm telling you, you, you know, having a job in the forest service, that's my, that's my next job in my next life. I, I just think that's great. Okay. I'm, I'm going to not repeat anything Don said. I absolutely agree, but I'm going to go down a little different caveat because you need to play the system or be a little bit more cutting with the system. Here's what I would recommend you do. Just three quick things. First of all, find a local community college, has online classes. It's maybe $150 a class, something that's really inexpensive, so you can do it at home and start your degree. Then when you apply, you put on there, do you have a degree? You know, you can put, um, you know, in process, graduation date 2018 or, or whatever it is. Because for some reason, with all your experience, I think just once, and Don, you can tell me what you think, I think once they, they meet you and they see your experience and you interview well, you're going to get the job. You just have to make it through all the barriers and the roadblocks that are stopping you. One of the best ways you can do that is, you know, put on there, and you need to be very honest, but put, you know, do you have a degree? Working on it right now, as long as you're in an online class, I think let, let's put aside even the education point. It's, it's going to make you feel better that you're progressing, you're doing something towards it one class at a time, and it gets you in the door. Now, I agree with Don, do not go rack up forty, fifty thousand $50,000. No, I think you're already there. No way, don't do that. But let's play the system a little bit, and you're going to find that you're going to get an interview by how you answer that question. And when you go in an interview, you just be very honest. Here's what I'm doing. I, I realize I needed to do it, so I'm in process of doing it. And I think you'll find it's not even an issue, much like what Don said. And Jeff, the, the last thing I want to add to that is – you need to make sure when you're it sounds like you've heard this over and over again it's getting pretty frustrating so you need to make sure that you don't apologize for this you've got great experience and you do not need to apologize because you took a different career path and didn't get a four-year degree when it comes up you answer the question as as 
as if you're talking about what you had for dinner last night, you know, this is this is the path I chose and I'm, and I'm excited here, all the skills I've learned. So so don't let that frustration get in the way because confidence breeds confidence. And if you're cool with it, they will be cool with it. So, Jeff, thank you so much yeah, for giving us you. a call on Career Talk. We always appreciate you listeners calling. This is all about you. We are here every Thursday live at noon Eastern time taking your calls. You're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Grab, and we are here with Chris Bray talking about career killers. Marie in Oregon, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Thank you. Um, I Thank you for having me on. Um, I am stepping into my first managerial position, and I'm from the rank and file. And I'm wondering what's going to kill me doing that because I've already, you know, I've already been asked not to say things and I'm feeling like that's already killing me. Okay. So, (laughs) so just to clarify, so you're, you're getting a promotion. You're, this is your first managerial job? Yes. Okay. Um, And you're already getting all kinds of advice? Um, It's more... Like, um, they did not announce, they haven't announced it yet. Um, they're still going through some other processes, but now the buzz in the office, and then I was asked directly, did I know? And I'm not going to lie, because that's not who I am. Um, and I said, yes. And now I'm feeling like I just might have killed my chances. (laughs) Okay, so, so yeah, so, okay. so Chris, I think this is an office politics one. Oh, <laughs> Which, these are my, these your, are my favorite. Your favorite. Okay, Marie, uh, and let me ask you this, and Marie, since no one can see you, right, can I ask you how old you are? Or, or give me a, a decade. Are we 30 to 40, 40 to 50, 50? I don't think you're 50 year old. How, how old are you? I'm, 50, I'm 53. Oh, you and... sound like you're 27. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. So, Marie, here's, here's what I would say. First of all, one of the hardest steps an individual ever takes is going from, like you said, the rank and file to that first-line manager position. And when you're promoted to that first-line manager position, you have to remember that you're going to have information that other people are not going to be privy to. So if there's and, – and I have been right in your shoes. So you go to these meetings – Someone comes and says, hey, we might be having layoffs or there's going to be a new process in place. And everybody knows you're in the meeting, and then they ask you. And here, let me give you a different answer. Instead of saying yes, because I believe we should not lie, but you can say, I can't share that information at this point. I've been asked as a manager not to share that information. That way you keep your integrity. You keep the integrity of the organization. And yet you're still doing your job. And the one thing, though, that we need more people like you, Marie, is those who are for the people that they manage that you're there, and, and when you say, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, that tells me that you are, because you're going to speak the voice of, hey, I just don't want to be promoted again. I'm, I'm not going to be a yes person. I'm going to be the person who stands up for what is best for the organization, for our customer, for my people, and that's the type of leaders we need now, more than ever. Yes, to be a manager is to be put in those difficult positions over and over again between between what what the people above you want and the people below you want, and it is it is a tough transition. But Marie, congratulations! Yeah. You sound like you're going to be phenomenal at this. The fact that you're already thinking through these these issues and concerns, 
is is an awesome way to start. So so best of luck to you in your new role. You're listening to Career Talk. We're taking your calls throughout the hour at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Hey, if you're on the line, please hold. We are going to get to you after this quick break. But right now, we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. Okay. The rule of thumb among recruiters is that 70 to 80 percent of people who do this either leave the company or let go within a year. Think you know? Give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm going to read it one more time. The rule of thumb among recruiters is that 70 to 80 percent of people who do this either leave the company or let go within the year. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. I love it. It is. It is the theme to to what um, Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> That's awesome. My favorite holiday. You should know that. You should know that, Chris. You're you're um, an ice cream connoisseur. I'm a Halloween connoisseur. Uh, welcome I back. I love the music. I'm like, it sounds so scary. I'm like, is this a scary topic? It's career killers. Eek, 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 eek. <laughs> Michelle and Dion are so creative. I love it. So welcome back. We're we're on Career Talk and we have Dr. Chris Bray joining us today. And we're talking all about career killers. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and you're listening to Sirius XM Channel 111. So, so Chris, um, lots and lots of career killers. I know when we were brainstorming ideas for the show, we had we had pages and pages that we could just we could just list. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple of quick ones. You're gonna just Thumbs up, thumbs down. Career killers, not career killers. Um, let's see. Connecting with your boss on Facebook. <laughs> career killer. Killer. <laughs> you're the type who doesn't dress modestly. Man oh. or woman. <laughs> That's a career killer, too? Yeah. If, you, yeah. if you put it on Facebook and your boss sees it, yes. Yeah, or if you wear it into the office, I would guess. <laughs> <laughs> there that, you go. That too. Happen more than you think. That too. Um, dating someone at the office. Career oh, killer? No. Thumbs down. Don't do it. All right. I love your decisiveness. All right. Last one for now. I have more for later, but I want to get to some callers. Okay. And I can't believe people do this one, but they do. Eating someone else's lunch out of the refrigerator. Okay. It is so funny you said that. I was in a dispute <laughs> literally no more than two months ago that I was brought in and hired, and that was one of the top probably three major concerns is they got caught people now putting cameras in the lunchroom that's crazy stealing the food people steal the food all the time and who you think it is you never believe the person it's going to be that's what i'm finding out it's always the person you don't think it's going to be you're like it's that person see i'm a vegetarian so i find that like you know tofu does not often get stolen so that's a no no one's stealing that (laughs) so that's a bonus (laughs) if you if you don't want people to steal your lunch just write on the outside Tofu sandwich. Veggie, yes. Or vegetarian. Yeah, vegetarian. <laughs> With oh, soy that. cheese. Yeah, that's that's really gonna gonna draw people in. <laughs> and it gets even worse depending on how long you leave it in the fridge. You know, it's the Friday that they're like, Who left this in there? Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, that's good. Put it put the wrong expiration date on your yeah. yogurt. Like, you know, make it make it expire last year. <laughs> and people will be like, I'm not eating that. So yeah. I love these ideas. See, these things can be overcome. <laughs> David in California, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today hey good morning uh dr chris and don how are you guys we're great how are you david what's your question for us so as i'm going through xm today i come across and i hear your topic career killers and i thought i better give you a call so hopefully you can help me out here so here's my issue my family loves my income i don't love my job and i i'm thinking of Switching to another job that may not have as high of an income. Hmm. Bad idea, good idea. <laughs> well, what, what are your thoughts? Family's well, addicted to the income. I don't like the job. Yeah, this is this is sticky. This is a little sticky. Um, so uh, here's my first thought when you said that, David, is that I don't think it's an either or. I think right now it's being framed that way, but I think there's a lot of gray area and a lot of middle space that we can cover. So I think the first thing is let's step back and not not do either or. So, so tell us why you hate your job. 
you know, I spend a lot of time away from my family. And, uh, you know, while, while the income makes up, I guess, sort of for being away from home, it's not so enjoyable to always be away from home. Hmm. So is it that you make a lot of money or your family doesn't want you around? No, I was going to say, do I say something about Wait. this? We're, we're asking the wrong question. bring my wife into this phone call? She may bring a Yeah, I, I think we need, like, call. what's the real issue? Um. <laughs> <laughs> we're not making fun of you. This is not, but I, that was, you, we just walked into Yeah, that you walked into that one. I'm yeah. sorry, David. But yeah, know that. So, I mean, when you, when you talk about moving to another career that makes less money, I guess my question is, how do you know it makes less money? Does it make less money temporarily? Is it significantly less? Or there, I mean, there's got to be some middle ground here. So I'm just trying to kind of tap into that, David. You know, I've I've been where I am now for about eight years. I built up a, a great client base. You know, get along well in the office, well respected in the office. But you know, it's it's just kind of one of those things where it seems like it's sucking your life. Mm-hmm. And and I know that there's other other jobs in the same career field that that I could jump into, but it would take me a few years to, you know, build up that reputation, build up that client base. And, and is it worth it? Is it worth taking that time, some downtime to go to a job that you hope you like better, but maybe three years down the road, I'll say, Jesus was a bad move. I should have stayed where I was because I don't like this place either. Yeah, that's the, that's the million dollar question right there is, before you jump, you know what you don't like about your current job. So I think you need to be really clear on what's not working there. Is, is it the people, the work, the time away from the family? Is it are there other things? Um, and then you need to be really clear about where you're going. Because my personal opinion is that in a career, especially when you know, you've been working for a while, that, that money needs to come second. But the fact is money is necessary. You have a family, they rely on you, and it's it's a conundrum. But first I would say, what is it you want to do? You know where you want to get away from, but where do you want to go? When making a career decision, I think that's an important distinction. It's If you're making a leap to get away, take a, take a step back and just say, wait, because you really are going to be more successful if you make the decision because of where you want to go. Chris, what do you think? Oh, I agree, agree with you, Don, and thanks so much, David, for calling, because I think this is a conundrum that a lot of individuals have to deal with. And I would also say, on top of everything that Don said, totally agree, is I would sit down with your wife and say, okay, let's, let's review the budget. What do we need to go over? What do we need to do that we can still keep the lifestyle that she wants to maintain while yet being able to cut certain aspects of that budget um, so that you can make that jump if you if you want to. And I do like how Don said, let's not run away from, let's run to something. So taking some time to identify. And if you go to my website, drckbray.com, there's a career development plan. It's for free. You can download it for free. And it'll take you through 10 steps, and you'll be able to identify what I'm not liking about it, what my current job, what do I want it to look like, what steps do I do to need to get there. So it's a, it just takes you step by step by step of how to make it through that process and make sure that you have the information you need to make the decision whether or not you jump. Now, having said that, I am also a big believer, if you can still support your family and you're not liking where you're at and you've identified, I don't like this job because that your family life, your home life, you are going to be much happier if you're at a workplace in a culture that you thrive in versus if, if you're to the point where this is killing me. I mean, and I can say that because I have been there. 
I've been there when I get up in the morning and I just think, how can I do this another day? But yet everybody else is looking at me saying, Chris, you have the best job ever. So I named the book that. But yet I didn't feel like I did because I didn't like it. it I wasn't thriving in, in that environment. So does that, does that help you? Do you have any follow-up questions? Does that give you enough information, Dave? No, that, that's, that's good. I, what was your – it's drckbray.com, and you've Dr. got a C- thing on there. Yep, Dr. C.K. Bray, that's B as in boy, R-A-Y, drckbray.com, and everything on there is free. I started that website, so all the information, you can find podcasts, a podcast about 15 to 20 minutes, and it will have information you need with a lot of resources, all of it for free. Great advice, Chris. And I love that idea of that spillover effect. I mean, because it is so real. If, if you're unhappy at work, it's going to spill over into your family and vice versa. So very great point, David. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Best of luck to you. And we are going to go ahead and answer the pre-break quiz. So the question was, the rule of thumb among recruiters is that 70 to 80 percent of people who do this either leave the company or let go within a year. And I think I think Michelle and Dion tag teamed to come up with the answer. So so what is it? <laughs> well, I said ask about salary. And Michelle? And I originally said when you give an ultimatum and you said it's a mix yes. between the two. Uh-huh. And I think I figured it out, but uh-huh. you can give the answer. Well, no, I, I love to hear Dion, you know, ding people or, <laughs> okay. or buzz them out. So my attempt to combine the two, and I think I've heard you say this on the show before, was that when you give, um, like if you have another offer and you say, I want to if you can meet this much, I'll stay. If not, I'm going to go to this other company. You guys make a great team. Woo-hoo! Ding, ding, ding. Yes. <laughs> the rule of thumb among recruiters is that 70 to 80% of people who accept a counter offer to stay with the company end up leaving that company or being let go within a year. So if you have a great offer in hand or thinking of using an outside offer to persuade your current company to give you a raise, be careful. Once you tip your hand, you may get overlooked for future bonuses or promotions because the company thinks it's only a matter of time until you start looking again. They might offer you a counter, in fact, just to keep you around long enough to find a replacement for your role. So no counter offers. What do you think, Chris? Career killer? (laughs) Career killer. And I can say that because I've done that. I am one, I am one of those, career those killers for that statistic. And I would agree with you 100%. It doesn't work. I didn't last a year after I did that. Okay. Really, really um, quickly. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Being extravagant in your travel expenses on the company budget. Career killer? Career killer, 100%. They're going to find out sooner or later. You're going to find out and you're going to go the way of all the people who are looking at counter offers. So (laughs) (laughs) we're taking your calls at 1844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. Bob in Pennsylvania, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi, how are you? Hi, Bob. Good. Uh, I thought thought about a number of different things. And then really, I thought the number one was not being networked well enough. Oh, my favorite word, Bob. You listen to this show. I know you do. (laughs) Yes, I do. Either either internally, at first I thought externally, because I know a number of executives that were out of work. And the ones that got back into work, they, they weren't necessarily better than the other, but they were better networked. And then I started thinking about it from an internal standpoint, too. You could be killed internally if you're not networked well enough that people could pass you over. 
So I had a bunch of other ones, but I thought that, that clearly was the, uh, that was the top as far as I was concerned. So I, I had that on my list too, but I, ha- I had it a little bit more specifically, and I'd love to hear. Bob, what you think as well do, Chris. So one of the things that I think is a career killer, especially when you're networking internally, is is not showing up. And what I mean is not showing up to the holiday party or the company picnic or to these events that happen outside of maybe regular work hours or more of a social type nature. And I think a lot of people, I mean, I've actually had somebody say, I don't do that. I'm not getting paid to do that. That's outside my job description. But I think that is so limiting. Um, Bob, what do you think? Oh, I think it's it's absolutely necessary that you do it, but you do it in a proper manner. Um, and, and so internally, there are certain things you have to do. Uh, so I think you do it, you do it in a professional manner. At the same time, um, I think it's important to keep your eyes outside of, of even the company and continue to network with people that aren't in your company because you don't know what's going to happen. So I get people coming to me all the time and say, oh, you know, poor me, poor me, I didn't see this coming, and now what am I going to do? And the first thing I'll say is, well, what you should have been doing is networking better. Yes. Externally. But from an internal standpoint, you know, those things are there for a reason, and not everyone is thrilled to being there, but but you kind of take one for the team and you do the right thing and, and you be a loyal person and a loyal employee. I agree. One of the things that people often stop doing the second they get a job is networking externally. And I think that's something that needs to be maintained, kind of like brushing your teeth. You got to keep doing it. And um, but also, I do think it's important to be going to those events, even if they're after hours or on weekends. I'm not saying you have to go to every one of them, but people notice if you're not showing up. And, um, you know, as Bob pointed out, you know, be appropriate. We've all had the uh, horrible holiday party stories. Chris, I'm sure you have a few. <laughs> I, I do. And Bob, first of all, thanks for your call. We need to keep Bob online for the rest of our call. <laughs> Bob, you gave some great advice that if people listen to, the one thing that you said initially that just a light bulb went off in my head is when you said, people come to you and say, I didn't see this coming. I hear that in my office, at, at my, you know, with where I speak. I'm telling you, so many people come and say, I did not see the change coming. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're laid off, but a change in a management, a change in position, you know, they move them to a different department. So you have to be prepared. One of the best ways to be prepared, as you both just said, you have to be networked in and outside of the organization. And sometimes, like you said, in is even more important because if it's the culture of the company, once you've made it past a first-line manager to get to some of the higher-level executive levels, it's all about your network. I'm finding much more than your education Oftentimes your experience, you know, and, and your success. Yeah, the network, network. The, the, I've heard that phrase, your network is your net worth. And I, I believe that wholeheartedly, both internally and externally. Bob, thank you for your call. Thanks, I know Bob. you're a loyal listener to Career Talk, and we very much appreciate it. Hey, we're taking your calls at one eight four four wharton That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. Andy in Pennsylvania, welcome to Career Talk. How can we help you today? Hey, how's it going? Hey, Andy, we're great. What's your question for us? Hey, my question is, um, basically, um, uh, it's funny that you're talking about career killers, but I, I listen to your show quite a bit, but I'm in, basically, I'm in the funeral service industry, and um, I've done it for 24 years, and there's no ladder. There's no ladder in this industry. You, you, you're either, you either own it, or you're an employee, and that's it. I've never seen a ladder in, in the 24 years that I've had it. So I tried to make my own. Um, so what I did was um, I sort of I made a transition. I left, um, I, I left a, a, an aspect of the industry to move to sort of the insurance side of the industry. And um, 
I took about a hundred thousand dollar pay cut to to do to make the move. And um, the last caller says, you know, I didn't see this coming. Well, I did see it coming. Um, I prepared myself for it um, and things like that. But my question is, is I'm basically struggling with, should I go back to the part of the industry where I worked, you know, 90 hours a week? I basically worked for myself, jumping around from business to business, to business from funeral home to funeral home to funeral home, um, filling in where needed, or should I keep trudging forward? With the with what I'm doing now, um, where I took the large pay cut, but I don't work as much. So, um, so or, Andy, or should I start something brand new? Yeah. So first off, I think you're our first funeral director to call Career Talk. So, um, <laughs> so thank you for giving us a call. So this is an interesting one. So it. it just to kind of really quickly recap, so there, there's no upward mo- mobility, um, so you, you've made these changes. But I guess my question to you throughout all of that is what's important to you? Because there's certainly a lot of different ways people find satisfaction in careers. For some of them, it's money. For some of them, it's title or level. Other people really enjoy leading and coaching other people. Other people just like to learn new things. Some people love to travel and, you know, say I, I woke up in Australia and then Asia. And and um, what is it for you, Andy? What is it that, that really motivates you? Because I think that's what you need to follow. So what is it for you? Well, basically, I mean, when you're not making any, when you're not, when you take a $100,000 pay cut, money motivates you. <laughs> so right now and, you know, asking me in the now, but overall, obviously, it's people, or else you wouldn't be in the business that I'm in, um, or you know, I wouldn't be in the business that I'm in. Um, so you know, but um, I'm single or I'm divorced. Um, the the hours are, you know, crazy. Um, but I think, man, if, if I if I leave it, if I leave the industry, I leave 24 years of, you know what I mean, working my tail off trying to get somewhere. Or should I, you know, start somewhere else? I mean, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tap into something you've said because one of the things that I write a lot about um, on my blog is loss aversion, and humans are very loss averse, meaning that we we get more pain in loss than we get joy in gain. And you've talked about you know hundred thousand dollars you're losing. You've talked about. Um, you know, losing the 24 years of experience you have in a certain thing. So this totally makes sense to me that that this is kind of what's motivating you and, and the things that are, are, are really getting in the way of making your decision. So what I'm going to ask you to do is really flip that and say, you know, or you can even use that and say, what am I losing if I don't make a decision to go into something that actually satisfies me? Right. So I think... Um, I think that if you flip it and reframe it that way, instead of you're losing money, maybe you're you're gaining satisfaction. Or instead of you know you're losing all of your free time because you're working ninety hours a week, you're actually gaining time to go out and 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 have a relationship and and have fun and do those things that you're talking about being missing from your world right now. So. Take that next step. We really appreciate you calling Career Talk. We are taking our calls throughout the hour at one 844 I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Dr. Chris Bray. Nikki from Ohio, welcome to Career Talk. Hi there. Thank you. Hi, Nikki. What's your question for us today? Hi, well, I'm very concerned. Um, I love my job so much. I'm a pet sitter, and I've been a pet sitter for 20 years. And my husband has a job that he hates, and 
our his parents have offered us to come to Florida where they rent out 12 rental houses that we could be property managing, but that's not going to actually pay any bills. And my husband is so excited and ready to quit his job and run off and leave, and that's probably what we're going to do. But I'm just really terrified because the job market is pretty much non-existent down there, and I'm afraid... A, I won't find a job, and B, I'm just afraid I'll never be happy again. Okay, Nikki. Um, <laughs> so, wait. First off, you said you have your own pet sitting business. Yes. So, first of all, I'm very jealous of your job. So, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that out there. <laughs> Until um, the evenings and weekends and holidays come, that everybody else doesn't want to give up. <laughs> so, so I guess my my question is, I'm 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 gonna just assume you love it. Why Why not recreate that where you're going? Well, that is definitely my intention, but I'm just really afraid that the need isn't going to be there as much as it is up here. And I have checked into a lot of pet sitters down there, and many of them are very overqualified and have to have other jobs as well. Mm-hmm. So so you've already started exploring the market, and I think that's, that's a good thing. So... I, I would continue to go with that. I would continue to research the market to understand what their needs are. And maybe you focus on a specific thing where you are now in Ohio. Maybe you focus on dogs and maybe it's it's more of a cat town there or more of exotic pets or something like that. But I think I think taking your experience, the job you love, and finding a way that it fits into your new market is going to be something that, that I think you might be surprised that there's opportunities in that. Chris, what are your thoughts for Nikki? Oh, Nikki, I appreciate your call. And I would want your job if it was with exotic animals. And That's ice cream. You know, yeah. lions. And, and yeah, close the debt with ice cream. <laughs> okay, Nikki, just, I'm, and I'm not going to, Don gave great advice. I'm going to flip it and I'm going to go to the other side. Here's what I found. And research shows us that when people dislike their job, it's almost like you lose your sense of analytical thinking. You just want out so bad and any excuse that gets you out is going to be like, yeah, I'll, I will make it work. So here's my advice for you, just two or three quick things. First of all, you need to sit your husband down and you need to move from future thinking, help him move from future thinking to here and now, meaning, okay, if we take this, let's just write down what this means. You know, what's our income going to be? What are our bills going to be? What's this gonna look like? Can we make it? Because he's looking like an explorer to the future and it's all very exciting. He's not thinking of what it's like to move and to you know get the lighting set up and the house set up and what his new job's going to mean. He's just thinking new opportunity. And much like Don said earlier, I'm out. You know, I'm I'm running from instead of running to. Oh, be very careful. And here's why you need to be very careful. I've worked with enough people, hundreds. That here's a perfect example. Of that Dennis we talked about earlier. He came home, told his wife, "Oh, by the way, I sold my practice today, and we're moving to a small town, and I'm going to grow organic vegetables." And that lasted all of about six to eight months. And he wanted out so bad. Well, I worked with him a little bit. He's now back in dentistry doing kind of some different dentistry that he did before. Sometimes he just needs to find the right thing. So just really get him to think. Let's get him to really think and analyze in the here and now. So, Nikki, I do also want to point out that good things are ahead. Good things are always out there. It feels like you're losing a lot now. But there are always, and I find these opportunities where it feels like it's it's over. That you find the greatest things that that give you this creative energy that you never would have otherwise. Thank you so much for giving us a Thanks, call, Nikki. Nikki. And we have thirty seconds, Kelly. But I want to go to you in Connecticut because you've got a great question. So I'm just going to ask our. 
fabulous guest here, Chris Bray, to, to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Kelly, really quickly, what's your question? Okay, so I'm calling for my husband. He is basically has, is facing yet another job opportunity that he wants to basically turn down at his job because of the travel time involved. How can he possibly, like, politely say thank you but no thank you, but I still want to grow and advance? just not right now. So Chris, the 10-second the, the answer, we, we've got to wrap up. But I know, 10-second answer. I wish I knew some more of your personal experience, but what he needs to say is make sure that he does not burn that bridge, but say, I love it. Thank you so much. It isn't just the right time because, make sure you give a reason, because my children are young or because I have these other you know responsibilities outside of work, but I would love the opportunity when the time's right. I'll let you know. Kelly, thank you so much for giving us a Thanks, call on Kelly. Career Talk, and, and thank you for that, that quick wrap-up there, Chris. So really quickly, where can listeners reach you? Okay, I'm online at drckbray.com. That's drckbray.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, um, Facebook. You can go any of those places. And like I said, you go to the website. Everything there is free, a podcast, a blog, um, just lots of good stuff there for people in their careers. And the podcasts are about 15, 20 minutes, so short, sweet, to the point. We have a good time, give you some good advice, and we're out. And I've listened to them. They are great. Thank you so much, Chris. We really appreciate you coming on Career Talk. Thank you to all of our listeners and our callers. This show is about you. We're on live every Thursday on SiriusXM Channel 111. And I want to also thank our dream team, Michelle and Dion. If you'd like more great advice, you can go to my website, dawnoncareers.com, or follow me at Dr. Dawn Graham. Thank you for listening. We are SiriusXM 111.